Welcome to Passion Life Church. Hey, welcome to November. Thanks for coming to church today. We're so incredibly excited that you are here and God is doing some amazing things. You know, today we finished this incredible series called Seasons. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just so excited about what God is doing in this series. Heard a lot of good things. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. We're going to be in there today. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. And why would you talk about seasons, Phil? I talk about seasons because I think many times we can forget in our lives as we have our dreams that we want to accomplish or the vision that God has for us or maybe we're waiting on meeting that special someone. We have to remind ourselves that God works in seasons. According to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 it says to everything, everything there is a season. There's a season. Seasons are changing. And I believe seasons are changing in your life as well. But I love this time of year. Put on a jean jacket. Come on, somebody. You can put on some clothes that you haven't worn, sweaters, right? And, uh, and, I, and I love that. But we need to be reminded that to everything, there's a season. Watch this. There's a time for every purpose under the sun. And this is why we would spend time talking about this, because God works in seasons. And I want to encourage you today, no matter where you find yourself, no matter what season you may think you're in right now, the good news is God is not finished with you yet. Can I hear a good amen? He's not finished with you yet, and he's going to complete what he started in you. And so today I want to talk about what do we do in the unexpected seasons of our life? What do we do when the storms come? And Jesus is going to help us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. I'm reading for the Passion Translation. I love this translation. I love to read from the New King James, but then I'll just flip over every once in a while and just read from the Passion Translation because it's just so vivid. And a lot of times it's actually really accurate to the, the, the literal Greek. But it says this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. It says, everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to their life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on, on an unshakable foundation. And when the rains fell and the flood came with fierce winds beating on the house, it stood firm. Why did it stand firm? Because it was on a strong foundation. But everyone, notice I love this about the Bible. It's inclusive to everyone. Anybody can do this. It says, but everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply them to his life, is compared to a foolish builder who built his house on sand, and when it rained and the flood came and the wind and the waves beat on that house, it collapsed and it was swept away. If you're taking notes, I've entitled today, Stable in the Storm. Stable in the Storm. You know, as Jesus talks about our lives, he uses the analogy of building a house, but in reality, he's talking about your life because the house in this actually represents uh, the life, the life that we have. And many times storms can come. How many of you realize life has some storms that come to anybody realize that? How many of you had some storms in your life? How many of you would say that you've had some unpredicted storms that they, you know, that you just have not, they were not foreseen. It's not like you could turn on the weather channel and the weather channel is going to tell you, hey, 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 hold on, hold on. You're about to go through a spiritual storm. You're about to get a diagnosis from the doctor that you weren't predicting. You're about to hear about a family member who is, is deathly ill. It's not like you can turn on the TV and hear about spiritual storms. As a matter of fact, most of them come unannounced and unexpected. But here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying to you and I, 
we need to start preparing because life has storms. Jesus actually tells us that the rain falls on the just and on the unjust. It falls on the just and on the unjust. I don't know if you've ever been in a storm that actually really, really like threatens your life. I remember I was in Bible college in the 1990s, about 1995, um, at Christ for the Nations Institute in Dallas, Texas. And that's kind of like Tornado Alley. It was kind of funny because, um, uh, uh, well, gosh, what, what was his, I, I remember the last name. Uh, the last name was Jonas. And uh, the Jonas Brothers' father was our worship leader. So the little Jonas Brothers were like really little Jonas Brothers at, at the time. And he was our worship leader. And uh, they just posted some stuff on YouTube. And then he's singing there. And we were all worshiping. And, and in Dallas, it was a great time at Christ for the Nations. But I just remembered about 3 a.m. one time, um, I was dead asleep. And I think that's kind of the worst time to be woken up out of a dead sleep is when you are dead sleep. I mean, it's like absolute paranoia. Have you ever gotten like, you got woke and then you got woke and then you're like, I don't even know where I'm at. And you're looking around, you're like, I've been in that. It's kind of like that REM sleep, but you're, you're kind of awake and you're trying to get up. But I was dead asleep and I heard a knock on my door like, get up, everybody get up, get up, get up. And I'm like, it's three o'clock. And I, I got up at three o'clock in the morning, we got up and went in the in the hallway, and they're like, we gotta go downstairs. Everybody's gotta go downstairs in the lobby. And we're like, what's going on, what's going on? There's tornadoes, they're coming. They're coming directly for the college. Everybody needs to get down. It wasn't just one tornado, it was actually two tornadoes, and you have to get in the lobby. So we went down to the, to the lobby, and we turned on the weather channel, and you know, they kind of are monitoring it with like these heat sensors, and you could see where they were at. And man, all we could do is pray. I remember getting on the phone and calling my mom, and just said, hey, look, this is what's going on, and I just want you to know we love you. My mom's like, listen, do do not be afraid, just like we sang today. Do not be afraid. And uh, the school has never been hit by a tornado. But I'll tell you what, that's sometimes easier said than done when you're sitting there and you're just waiting and to see if not one, but two tornadoes are actually going to destroy the school. And a lot of times in our lives, these storms can be unpredictable. And if you've ever been in a real hard storm, I think here's what, what is really tough is you feel like things are out of control and you can't control them. It seemed like there was nothing I can do in that lobby. We were just waiting. But there were some things we could do. We could pray. You know, we could believe and know that God can protect us. But what I'm saying today is that you may be in a storm and it may be a storm that is affecting your health today. And sometimes not even the doctors can understand really what the diagnosis is. I've been there as well. Maybe you can be in a financial storm or maybe a relational storm between you and your spouse and, and maybe even your, your families. But I think what happens sometimes is when these storms are unpredictable and unpredicted, I've been in some storms where I've been stunned, literally stunned. Don't know what to do. Don't know what to think. And Jesus is saying, listen, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. But here's what he does. He's gonna prepare us for life, for storm. And how many of you know to be forewarned is to be forearmed? And let me just say this, because I think we need to hear it, because as a pastor, I hear people say, when I gave my life to Christ, man, the storms got more intense. You know, just because you're a Christian doesn't exempt you from the storms of life. Watch this, but however, being a Christian better prepares me to stand in the storms of life. Come on, you can give the Lord a good round of applause for that. 
But I just don't want us to be shocked. And Jesus doesn't want to be shocked that when you gave your, your heart and your life to Jesus, it was going to be a tiptoe through the tulips. No, tornadoes are going to come because the rain falls on the just and the unjust. We live in a fallen world. We have an enemy that is against us. But Jesus says, watch this. He says, you can build your life in such a way that it can be stable even when things are unstable. That you can build your life in such a way that you can have stability in the storm. And what we read in Matthew chapter 7, it describes two builders. And I want you to think about this. You know, when I read the Bible, sometimes I just stop and I think there were two people. Both of them were builders. See, you're building your life. Many people are building their life. They were building their life. Let me say it this way. They were working. Both were working hard. Both of them were sweating. Both of them were going out. Listen, both of them had great expectations for a great life, and that's what they were building. Listen, both of them were investing their time. Both of them were investing their effort, and both of them had storms. Both of them. But yet, what they built on was different, and what they built on determined the outcome after the storm. When I read this, I don't know about you, but I don't like meaningless work. I don't like work that is not accomplishing anything. But I thought about this guy who didn't build the right way. And, you know, it's very easy to go, well, he just didn't build the right way. So, ha, 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 look at what happened. No, I, I don't feel that way because I feel like this guy invested. He put his blood, sweat, and tears into his life, and he had great expectations just like a lot of us. But the reality of it was is that when the storm came, everything he built was washed away. What happened to all the effort? What happened to all the planning? What happened to all the dreaming? It was washed away. And Jesus says, I don't want you to live that type of life. I actually want you to live a life that when whatever storm comes your way, you can be standing and be stable in the middle of the storm. Let me say it this way. How you build before the storm, what you do in the storm can determine whether you're standing after the storm. My church family, our response matters to life and to God and to what he wants to do in our lives. I've often asked myself, I said, you know, I think about it, because actually this was me, and, and, but I, I, I thought about why do some people have to hit rock bottom before they turn to Jesus? Why is it that people have to hit rock bottom before they start coming to church? See, I was that guy, but let me, let me answer that. It's because for some of us, it takes a storm to bring us to the end of ourself. Listen, I'm not a, hey, go through the storm, love the storm. That's not, I'm, that's not today's teaching, but here's what I will tell you. I've met people that because of what happened in their marriage and the divorce that happened in their marriage, today they're in church. Listen, I'm not for divorce. I, I'm, listen, if you went through that, I, we love you, we care for you. And that's not the point. But my point is, it was the storm that got them to realize, I need God. I had to come to the end of myself to realize at 19 years old, after everything that my friends told me to do, every drug they told me to do, after who they told me to sleep with, all of these things, after that, I came to the end of myself. And like Solomon, you just find out that life is vain unless there's something much deeper. And I'm, listen, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Listen, but I'm not the dullest pencil in the box either. 
And I've been washed away in some storms and my life has been devastated and I've gotten back up and said, I'm not gonna have this happen again. I wanna be able to stand in the storms of life. I wanna build my life in a way that I'm stable and not unstable. Come on, somebody. But sometimes we have to come to the end of ourselves, And here's why. God is never gonna give you a life where he is unnecessary. God is never gonna give you, he's never gonna leave you alone. He'll let you try things, he'll let you do things, because he gave us a free will. And if I could just say it, some storms are called by, um, caused by the enemy, but other storms are caused by our bad decision. I didn't know if I'd get any amens on that, but I got a couple of honest people, and they're sitting in that section right there. Let me say that again. Some storms we call common, some storms come into our life because we bring them because of bad decisions, right? And, but here's the reality. God is never going to give you a life where he is unnecessary. And so like me and many other people, they wake up one day, they're in a storm and they realize their money, their friends, their education. Pastor Phil, are you against education? No. Am I against money? No. But here's what I've realized. Your money, your friends and education, your social status isn't enough. Some storms will rock you so hard. They'll shake everything in your life. Listen, and most of you who know me, I'm not a doom and gloom preacher. I, most days we walk out of here laughing and I get it. But I want to tell you, today's not one of those days because there are people who are facing life and death situations and you are hindering on decisions that you have to make. And I came to tell you today that you can be stable in the storm. You can, Jesus says, build a life that will last. You can be a testimony. Come on, give him a good round of applause. But see, I don't want to be like these people because these people, the, the ones that build on sand, they're like, hey, I don't need God. Things are going good. Well, listen, when things are going good, we need to be building because things don't always go so good. Storms can come, but these type of people can be, I don't need God. I don't need to go to church. Everything's going good. Don't tell me what to do. And then a storm comes and they realize everything is washed away. And they realize that, you know what? They are not a wise builder. They built on sand. On sand. Everybody look at me. There's no stability in sand. Have you ever gone to the beach? I love going to the beach. But what I hate about the beach is the beach comes home with me in the form of sand. I still have sand from like two years ago and I tried to clean stuff up. I tried to shake off, right, those, those, uh, those chairs that we take and there's still sand. It's sand from Coronado Beach. Come on somebody, that's the best beach. I like Oceanside. Okay, go to Oceanside. But I'm sure that there's sand at Oceanside that was from Coronado and vice versa. Because you know what? Sand is not stable. It's, in, it's instable. And you know what? I have it. You get it in your car. You get it between your toes. And Jesus is saying, if you're building your life on anything else but me, it's going to fall. And let me say this. That's not God's will for your life. Let me say it again. It's not God's will for your life. But here's what he does, my church family. He gives you a choice. Some people ask me, why doesn't God just do this or do that? God's never going to take away your free choice. He gave you. Did you notice he let Adam and Eve bite the apple? He, he could have stepped in there. But you know what he does? He gives you a free choice because he wants us to love him because we want him. It has to come from the inside. And here's the great news today. 
The great news today is that you can decide right here in this moment, no matter what season you're in, you can decide to be a wise builder. We can build a life that lasts. And I like to say it this way. A wise builder is someone who is, man, they, I like to say it this way. They are a leaning in listener. They are an active applier of God's word, not just a listener. Listen, they are actually applying what it does. Take this, write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write this down. What you do with what you've heard determines the life you build. Let me say it again. What you do with the word that you hear determines the life that you build. Many of us in this room have heard the word of God. Today it's coming to you. <laughs> to be honest with you, my church family, listen. I really don't even care if you hear my words. I hope you walk out of here hearing his word. I'm just somebody that he's using. But I want us to know every time that Jesus did a miracle, he always gave an instruction first. And he gave an instruction first, and then the person had the opportunity to respond to that instruction. Their response to that instruction determined if they got the miracle. And if you were standing there, you would think it was pretty awkward if you were at a house and someone broke through the roof and lowered a guy who couldn't walk. And Jesus looks at a guy who couldn't walk and says, your sins are forgiven. And then he says this, he gives them his instruction, get up and walk. I can't walk, but he gives an instruction. Get up, take up your mat. One translation says, get your couch. I don't, I don't understand. Who's <laughs> sitting on a couch? I don't, I don't know. I just, I was like, that's a little interesting. Get your couch, right? It was probably one of those little Ikea couches or something like that, that you touch and they fall over, you know, because you didn't set it up right because there was, the instructions were in, I don't know, Dutch or something like that. But he says this, he tells a man who can't walk to get up. And if Jesus tells you to get up, if you'll give weight, listen, if you'll give weight and value and importance to his word, It'll get a person who can't walk up to walk and do something that they've never done before. But before a miracle, he always gives you an instruction. He looked at a man with a withered hand. Just think about it. I think about it if I was just in the crowd eating some gluten-free popcorn. Come on, somebody. Right? I'm eating, and Jesus, and there's a guy with a withered hand, and Jesus looks at him and says, stretch out your hand. Oh, Jesus, that is so insensitive. That is not politically correct. I cannot believe that is so rude. Jesus looked at a man with a withered hand and told him to stretch it out. And you have an instruction and never in your life have you stretched out your hand. But if you will give weight to the word of God and begin to act on what he says, your hand will stretch out and move like it has never moved before. But you have to give weight to his word. Every time that Jesus did a miracle, he gave an instruction. Lazarus was dead and he told people, roll away to stone. I was looking at some of the miracles of Jesus. He told a dead girl, get up. She's dead. I don't know if you know this, but dead people don't get up on their own. But when they have a word from God, it'll raise a dead person to life. Come on, somebody. If you will heed and give weight and value to the instruction. So what you do with what you hear determines what you build. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're smiling at me because God and his word is coming forth, right? But I talk to people a lot who are like, well, I know, I know that, I, I know that. 
you know how you know that you know? You know what you know when you do what you know. People who don't do, don't know. Just like my son, a lot of times you're like, dad, I know. I know, but you didn't do it. Because I love to say it this way, to know and not to do is not to know. One time we were in a service like this and we've had some crazy moments in this room. One time we were just sitting here and the fire alarm went off. I think it's I was just preaching fire. Come on somebody, that's what I tell myself at night. And, the fire, and then they were coming like, we have to get out of here. And so we're like, man, we we're trying to move people. And if you really believe that like there's something going on, there's a fire, man, your butt is out of here. But there were people like this. Some were stopping to get coffee. You're getting coffee? Yeah, I, you know, I just need my, my cup of joe. The room is on fire, people. But they don't believe it. It's just could be, this could be, that could be. And so you know what? They're taking their, see, because when you believe, it causes you to act. And the way you act shows what you believe. See, I believe you are wise builders today because you showed up today because you want to give, not to hear me, but to hear God's word, to hear some weight, to hear that his perspective is higher than yours. His ways and thoughts are higher than yours. And so you're hearing that and go, I want to act on that because I can't make it on my own. I cannot survive the storms of life by myself. I need a rock. So I need to hear his words. My church family, you become the architect of your life one decision at a time. One decision of it at a time. And if you want a great life, Jesus is saying, you're going to have to build it. You know, you don't just find a great marriage. You build one. You build it. Been married 10 years, know my wife 12 years. Things are getting better because you know why? We're building. We're building together. You don't just raise great children. You train them. Bible says, train up a child and watch, and you build them. You spend time with them. Great churches, my church family, great churches don't just happen. We build them. Come on. We show up. We serve. We give. We build great churches. We invite people. Well, Jesus is just going to build his church. Yeah, he is. And you know what? I want to build what he is building because what Jesus builds always lasts. It always lasts, not just in this lifetime, but it lasts for eternity. I want to build what he's building. But here's the truth. Wise builders are really proactive in their approach to life. Paul told Timothy this. He said, Paul, I want you to preach and be ready in season, listen, and out of season. Preach just means proclaim. Doesn't mean that you have to have a microphone or this coffee, whatever this thing is. And you have to preach. He says, you have to be ready to proclaim the word of God in season and out of season. And that tells me, if Paul's telling Timothy that, that we need to know that there's going to be times where storms of life are going to hit us. Listen, and we're going to feel like we're out of season. Have you ever felt like you're out of season? Man, when we're in season, man, it feels like things are gelling. Things are going great, man. I'm stepping into the timing of God. But then there's other times where, man, it just feels like life is dull. Man, things are coming against me. And Paul says, you better be ready in season and out of season. And can I just speak to the mature people today and the mature believers? Because what Paul is saying is there's no excuse 
for your life and the decisions that you make when you feel like you're going through a storm or out of season. Paul says, you better be prepared, be ready in season and out of season. And what Jesus is saying is that we as wise builders have to start building our lives. Watch this. The life you have is the life you build. The friendships you have are the friendships you build. The church we have is the church. Well, I just think you and your wife are going to do the church and that we can't do it. If we would have done that, we would have just stayed home in our, in our, in our living room and we would just had home church. And I love home church. Listen, because we do have life groups, but the truth is that we need each other come together series next week. We need each other because together we do more together. We can reach this city. Together, there are people actually, and we're excited, and I'll be letting you know next week and after, there are people in our church that are actually coming together in this next season, this next year, we're going to be doing a lot of outreach, reaching out to people, and we're calling it the Passion Project, and we're going to start going out and doing some things, and I'm excited because together we can do more, but the church we have is the church we build. And I I just want to challenge us today. Look at your life. Look at your friends. Do you have friends? And you're like, man, Phil, I I really don't have any great relationships. I would ask you this. Have you built any? Because it does take work. It takes investment. And sometimes people aren't like you. They're different. Anybody met anybody different than them? It takes forgiveness. Come on. It takes back and forth. It takes work. But the life you have is the life you build. And Jesus is saying, hear my word and do it. Hear my word and do it. And I think it's important because I think sometimes it's easy to think when we're going through a storm, man, there's so many things outside of my control. You may feel that way right now. Man, Pastor Phil, life isn't so inconsistent. People that I know are so inconsistent. Watch this. Listen, a wise builder focuses on what he can control. And let's God handle what's out of control. You know, a lot of the stress in our life comes from trying to handle things that are out of our control. And I think sometimes we're playing God because we think that we're supposed to handle everything. And honestly, what God is saying, listen, don't worry about the things you can't control in the storm. Here's what you can control. Here's what you can do. You can pray. Let's not underestimate the power of prayer. Listen, you may not know what to do, but you can pray. You can get in God's word. You can read his word. You can come to church. Come on, somebody. You can reach out to friends. You can do those things. You can be a builder. That's what you can do because the truth is God is with us in the storm. And let me just encourage us, no matter what season you're in, there's grace for every season that we go through. God never leaves us. And whatever season that you're in, no matter what's happening in your life right now, are you thankful for God's grace? Because his grace is strength in your weakness. And there's grace for every season. And this is what I love about building my life on the rock. When you build your life on the rock, this is what happens. There's stability when everything else is unstable. When you build your life on the rock, It's a life that's immovable when everything is moving. I think it's funny because I'm going to be speaking in Texas this 
coming month and, and I just think about the difference between California and Texas. And, and I think that for us, and maybe it's just me. And if it's just me, just look at me how you're looking. But if you can identify with this, then just smile. But I think in California, we're used to things moving because we have earthquakes. So we'll be walking and we're like, right? And we're just like, and then things start shaking. Like, eh. No big deal, right? It's like, okay, here's your, okay, hey, how are you doing? Like, it's not like, right, okay. And then we have a game. Like, I think that was a 4.1. No, I think it's a 3.2. Ding, it was a 4.1. Yay! But I think we're, we're, we're used to things moving. And I think about how I built up my earthquake tolerance. And I talk to some people like, yes, no big deal. Things are moving. And it's not a big deal. But in Texas, man, you have one shake. They were probably like, oh my God. And here's what I'm saying. Wise builders are accustomed to things moving in their life, but they're immovable because they built their life on something that is immovable and is not shaking, something that is consistent. And I love this life of a builder because you can be consistent even when everything else is inconsistent. Everything else is inconsistent. And I made this statement to my life, Phil, just because life is unpredictable, Phil, just because life is inconsistent, just because storms come and they're unpredictable, I will not be inconsistent. I will not be unpredictable. You know where you will find me. You will find me in the house of God. You will find me building a life that lasts. Come on, somebody, how about you? So here's the question. This is when I want to spend the last part of our time together. So what do you do when you're in a storm? What do you do right now if you're in a storm? Now, some of you aren't. Some of you, life is good, man. Whoo, drinking them pumpkin spice lattes. I, I had one for the first time this week. Never had them because everything's all pumpkin. I was like, I'm going to try one. Okay, so let's move on. You may be in a great season and you may feel like you don't need what I'm about to tell you, but I think it would behoove you if you are going to be a wise building builder to take notes because you may walk out of here and you may get a phone call that you are not predicting and you may need to use this right when you walk out today. So I just want to encourage us. Let's, let's be a wise builder. In Mark chapter four, Jesus told his disciples, he says, I want you to get in the boat because we're going to the other side. We're going to another level. Say this with me. Say, I am. Come on, say it loud. I am going to the other side. Say this with me. I will walk in to my due season. So here's what Jesus said. He gets the disciples. He says, we are going to the other side. And as they are going to the other side, this storm arises. It's so bad. It's beating against the boat. Now I got to tell you, it is bad because these disciples, many of them were professional fishermen. So, you know, when professional fishermen start acting like little girls and like, oh my God, I can't, you know that there is something going on. And here's what happens. The boat is being rocked. Jesus is asleep. In the boat. And one translation says, he's asleep on a pillow. I think he bought that my pillow. Have you seen the commercial? I mean, it, it, he should say, you get this pillow. Jesus used it in the storm and you will sleep through anything. Now he's got sheets. Those are, anybody own a my pillow? Just real quick, let me see. Okay, I guess this commercial doesn't work because nobody has one. All right, maybe he's got to change it up a little bit or change that shirt that he's got on. All right, so anyway, he's asleep on a pillow. And the storms are raging. And here's what the disciples do. They come to him and wake them up. And I want you to hear what they say to Jesus. 
They say, don't you care that we're perishing? Don't you care? And here's number one, if you're in a storm, here's what we gotta do. We have to anchor, you have to anchor your soul to hope because in a storm, we need an anchor. We need something that is so firm that is not gonna move. Now this has to do with your thought life. You know, Hebrews chapter six, verse 19 says this, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. We have a hope, the soul, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. There have been storms that I have gone through that I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to do. I was literally stunned. Anybody ever have one of those storms? It's so vast, it's so tough, and you're just like, and the temptation is for your mind to run wild, right? I mean, we, we even do this. I got a, oh, I got a headache, I got a headache. And the first thing we do, we go to Google. Headache, oh, I got cancer. Maybe a tumor. Your mind goes crazy, right? And that's what can happen in the storm. But we need an anchor of hope. And so what happens is if we're not careful about anchoring our thoughts to hope, you'll anchor your thoughts to fear. And fear will make you do things that you never thought you would do. Do you ever watch a horror movie? Do you ever see how people act in a horror movie? Jennifer's taking a shower. And all of a sudden she hears, She's like, John, is that you, John? Now, I don't know when John ever sounded that way. John, is that you? Pam, you're going to have to wipe off this mic before you sing next week. I did take a mint. John! Gets out of the shower and starts running toward the sound. John! John! It's over. Because fear will make you do things. It'll make you paralyzed. It'll set your mind. That's why the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. But I've got to make a decision. Joyce Meyer says you've got to think about what you're thinking about in the storm. You gotta think about what you're thinking about in the storm. And listen, the disciples who Jesus called are now questioning whether he even loves them in the storm. He says, do you care? But here's what happens. Jesus is an example that in the storms of life, you can actually rest and be asleep. Jesus was asleep in the storm of life to show us that we can rest when the storm is restless. Come on, we can rest. So watch this. When we're working, when we're in the storm like the disciples and we're, anxiety is hard and it's high and we are working and thinking, hey man, I gotta get this. I gotta do this all by myself. Watch this. When we're working like the disciples panicking, Jesus is resting. But the disciples go and they wake him up and then Jesus stands up and he speaks, peace be still. But when we're working, Jesus is resting. But watch this. When we're resting and we come to a place of rest, Jesus is working on the storm. And we have to decide who's gonna handle this storm. Are you gonna handle it? 
Because if you are, you're going to be working. And here's what Jesus is going to do. He's going to stand like he is in that boat. And he's going to lay down and he's going to watch you. He's going to say, you go, boy. But he knows that you are nothing without him. But you know what? We choose sometimes in the storms to move and to make decisions without him. And Jesus says this, if you'll just rest, let me fight the storm. If you'll just rest, let me work on the storm. And we have to decide, are we going to, in the storm, rest? And rest doesn't mean that I blow everything off. No, this isn't a real storm. That's not what it means. Rest means that I have an absolute trust in Jesus. And that if he's in my boat, and if he's in the boat of your life, he can get you through any storm. Come on, if you believe that, give him a good round of applause. We have an anchor. Hope is like an anchor. And in the storm, we need to hope. And here's what the Bible tells us. We hope in God. And that acts like an anchor. I know in the storm, we could put a lot of hope in things. I know in the storms, I've put hope in people. And I think sometimes, and you may be here. Listen, can I just encourage you? You may be here and you're going through a storm in your health. We here at Passion Life Church believe, go to the doctor. Listen, let him tell you what he believes. Sometimes he'll give you a diagnosis. Well, at least now we know what we can pray for. He may give you medication. If he gives you medication, take it. But can I just tell you this? Don't put more hope in the doctor. Don't put more hope in medication than you would hope in Jesus. Put hope in Jesus because he is the healer. He is the storm breaker. Kanye West sings, it's on God. Have you heard his new album? I love it. There's a song he says, it's on God. This storm, he's going to get you out and it's on him if you'll rest and let him work. Here's number two. Are you glad you came to church today? Let's God's word be your words. Jesus made them a promise. We're going to the other side. I want to encourage you. You are going to get into your due season. You are going to the other side. Can anybody believe that? You're going there no matter what. Jesus made them a promise. Watch. He spoke the word. His word never returns void. So he spoke. We're going to the other side. My church family, what we say in the storm matters. Oh, this is never going to work out. Oh my gosh, I'm never going to get through this. Oh, this is going to be so hard. Today's going to be so hard. I don't ever think that I'm going to, it seems impossible. It is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. With us, it may not be. So instead, watch, it's just adding a couple words. Instead of saying, it's going to be impossible, you're just saying, with God, all things are possible. Because what comes out of your mouth matters. Jesus stands up in the middle of the storm, and he says, peace, be still. And everything was still. Your words matter. You know, peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. Just because you have trouble doesn't mean you have peace. Don't put and anchor your hope more in trouble. Anchor your hope more in the peace that passes all understanding that will guard your heart and your mind. That is the peace of God. But Jesus got up and he says, peace, be still. Hebrews 10 verse 23 says, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith. Why is he saying hold fast? Because in the storm, it's so easy to let go. Just let go. Let go, right? Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Let's not just talk about our storm. Oh my God, you don't know what I'm going through. Oh, today's horrible. You can't believe it. Let's talk about what we're going to. 
not what we're going through. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying we don't deny it, but Jesus spoke to the storm. He didn't speak about the storm. Don't talk about your problems. Talk to the problem. Jesus says, speak to the mountain. Mountains represent problems. Don't just talk about your mountain. Well, that's such a big mountain. Oh my gosh, it's growing. These problems are growing. It's such a huge mountain. You speak to the mountain and you speak to the storm. Storm, peace, be still in Jesus' name. I speak to those things. I speak, things will come together. Things will calm down. People will come together in the name of Jesus. That is the name above every name. And you gotta let God's word be your words. You know, when God created the earth, he didn't Thanos it into the world, right? Remember Thanos? from Avengers, he's got all his rings, the diamonds or whatever those are. And then he snaps his finger. Now God could have created the world that way, but you know what he did? He spoke it into existence. He spoke it into, God uses his world, his words to create his worlds. And you may be in a storm right now, I don't know what to say. Just say what God says. Say what the word says. Come on. Remember when Jesus was in the wilderness? You may be in a wilderness season. It's dry. It's tough. He was hungry. And here comes the devil. He's going to take advantage of every opportunity. He starts to tempt Jesus. Pastor Phil, Jesus was tempted. Absolutely. He was tempted, the Bible says, in every way. So that would qualify him to be your best friend. And you could see as an example how he overcame temptation. And how did he overcame temptation? He spoke the word. The word, I just think, I, I don't have time to go into all that because there's so much revelation there. But I just think it's funny that the devil is like, can you turn that stone into bread? And Jesus is like, I am the bread of life. And he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. My church family, this is why we have to put the word of God in us when we don't need it. So it's there when we do need it. Come on, give him a good round of applause this morning. Last two, number three, storms are opportunities for God to show his power. When Jesus calms the storm, he looks at the disciples and he says, oh, ye of little faith. And I just have a question for us when we're in the storm. Do you have more faith in the storm's power or do you have more faith in God's power? I want to say that again. Where are you placing your faith? See, your words are an expression of your faith. And sometimes we can talk more about the power of the storm and what's going on. And we forget that God is the one that created the heaven and the earth. He is the one that created the oceans and the seas, and he can calm every storm. My church family, the Bible says that when the storm calmed, the disciples looked at him in terror. I can only imagine they were in this storm and it is horrible and they are afraid. Jesus gets up, speaks to the storm, and they're like, we thought we were afraid of that. Even the seas and the oceans obey him. They were terrified and they said, what manner of man is this? Ladies and gentlemen, we serve a God who is a God who can stop any storm. I want him on my side. I want him in my boat. 
And you know what? A lot of times when there's a storm and it's raging, it's not just raging around you, it's raging in you. And Jesus not only wants to calm the storm around you, he wants to calm the storm in you. Listen, I'm not a guy who, Jesus is causing storms in your life. That's not what I'm saying today. But I will tell you this, when storms come, there are opportunities for us to see his power and to see what manner of man this is that we serve. We serve a God who can calm any storm. Here's the last one for today. Number four, don't let what happened in one season rob you of the joy of the next season. I want you to look at that. Many of us have had some tough seasons in life. Many of us have had some tough relationships and it may not even be marriage. It could be actually even be even friendships or breakup. But if we're not careful, we can let this season, this storm, and maybe it did, maybe it did some damage in your life. It can rob us of the joy of going to the other side. And here's the thing we need to realize. We don't know what's on the other side. See, Jesus was taking them somewhere just like he's taking you somewhere. And he said, we're going to go to the other side. But the disciples didn't know what was on the other side. And when he calmed the storm and they push up to the land, there was actually a man who was in a greater storm than they were because the Bible says he was possessed with devils. A legion, the Bible says. And Jesus comes and frees the man. And Jesus wanted the disciples to see and experience someone else getting free. And I just want to encourage you that no matter what you've gone through, don't let it rob you from this next season. Because in this next season, there will be people that are in worse storms than you have been. And God wants you to experience the joy of helping them through the storm because he helped you through your storm. And so, yeah, come on. So here's what I want to do. Listen, there's a bigger picture than just what you're going through. There's a bigger picture than what God's doing in you because God is doing some things in you because he wants you to help other people. The storms that have come in your life that you have gone through is not just for you, but listen, God wants you now that you made it through. Anybody made it through? Come on, you. let me see your hands. You've made it through the storm. Come on, put your hand up. Listen, if you made it through the storm, God wants you now to help and experience being a blessing to somebody else who may be, a lot, time, a lot of times off in a worse position that you've ever been. And Jesus wanted them to experience the freedom and the healing of this man. When I read this, I thought about how amazing God is. Do you know that Jesus went in that boat? That's why the storm came, because the enemy did not want that guy delivered. And the disciples were going through a storm. They thought it was personal, but it was actually the enemy not wanting to work through them, for them to see God's power. And he didn't want that man over there to be healed and delivered. But you know what I love about this? Jesus went to the other side for one person. The Bible says that he healed him, got him free, and the disciples got back in the boat and went to the other side. Jesus will go through any storm, cross over any lake for people because he loves them. And today... Let's be people that build our life on a God who not only gets through the storm, but calms the storm. Say this with me. Say, I will. I will make it to the other side. Say it one more time. Says, I'm gonna 
I'm going to make it to the other side. One last time. I'm going to make it to the other side. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a good round of applause today. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.